Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Welcome again, everybody, to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray, and I'm back this week with Bill Thrasher. And if you didn't hear us last week, please go back and listen, because Bill's a real treat. He's had a wonderful life, great experiences working with Billy Graham and doing lots of different things, from being in the Marines to designing sound systems for big churches and uh, just neat things. He's had a great understanding of God uh, long before many of us did. And uh, Bill, welcome back for another edition. Thank you. I appreciate it, Paul. Glad to be back. Well, me too. I'm enjoying spending time with you. And your book is called The Jesus Purpose by William Thrasher. You go mm-hmm. by Bill, but it's by William because there's another Bill Thrasher who's an author. And There's another Christian author that's by Bill Thrasher. Yeah, so what are the odds just, of that? How goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And you also have your Facebook group, The Jesus mm-hmm. Purpose Community. So take some time, however much you want. Tell us how the book came about, what it's about, yeah. and what you do in the community. The Jesus Purpose, Born to Die, Created to Live, is the title of the book. And it was really a pretty quick, unusual thing for me that kind of was birthed out of a, a pretty uh, dramatic period of time that I went through in my life, you know, to kind of give the the really short, short precursor. I, I never expected to be anyone who would write, ever. Actually, all through my high school years, I was actually fairly self-conscious with English and spelling. I'm a terrible speller. I'm a, I'm a horrendous speller. Um, thank God for spell check. <laughs> and uh, it was all about grammar. It was all about law. <laughs> no, you know, in, in a way, it was always about, are you writing a certain way? And if you don't write inside the box, then you're going to get a bad grade. And, and I struggled with that. And it wasn't until I got to uh, my first semester in college where I was actually taking a remedial English course. The, the professor said, write a paper about anything. And you're like, oh, that'll be easy until you sit down at a keyboard. And you're like, <laughs> anything? No context of length, no context of direction, nothing. And I just started writing. I ended up writing this like two-page paper on things of life I enjoy. And I started every sentence with, I enjoy which breaks all the rules, right? You're not supposed to start every sentence of your thing. I enjoy it the same way. And we're sitting in class after a week after I turned it in. And he's like, I, I just want to read the class, something that was turned in that just took my breath away. And he wrote my, read my paper in front of the whole class. And I'm just sitting there just more mortified. Really? Yeah. And it was the first time somebody believed in me and said, listen, you got a gift. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And then went several years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just kind of that one, like, spark that just kind of stayed an ember in me for a while. I didn't really write much for a long time. I, I work, family, all that kind of stuff. And uh, five years ago-ish, my wife was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm. And um, 35-year-old, healthy mother of two. Uh, it's kind of a miracle story how it was even discovered. And we really went you know, from zero to 60 in the course of a couple months. 
from her diagnosis to basically full blown brain surgery, where they removed part of her skull and went in and, and corrected it. And, and she's healthy and everything's wonderful. But, you know, there's that just fear. All those things are brewing up inside of you. Uh, we had been very involved in the church for a long time, a good church that had, had really kind of brought us into that tree of life perspective. But I was starting to challenge some of the things even where that church was headed. And I was just I was really at this, this crossroads of so many different things going on in my life. And uh, we came home from her surgery. And then the first day of the first Saturday after she was home, I sat in a big purple recliner and I pulled out my laptop and I just started writing Stream of Consciousness. And, and the title was kind of always in my head. And I just had to get out what I felt, I believed about this whole Jesus thing. And here's, here's the funny thing. I really, outside of maybe reading The Shack like six years prior, I didn't know there was a grace community. I didn't know there was an inclusion message. I didn't know any of these terminologies. I didn't know any of this stuff but I was right there like instantaneously in my heart. And it's really that story told from my point of view without any knowledge of an outside community. And, and, and ironically, through trying to figure out who this book would appeal to, <laughs> I ended up stumbling across people like Steve McVeigh and Baxter Kruger and yourself and so many other people that have now become friends, like dear friends. And I've gotten to meet so many people in this, in this amazing misfit crew that is um that is i don't even know what it is we call it grace but it's it's so much more than grace it is it is this this group of people who really believe in the unconditional love of god and when we say unconditional we mean unconditional and uh it's it's been a joy it's not been without its rocks and ravines but every single one of them has just been something that i've actually you know i'm kind of a guy who who doesn't mind uh throwing rocks and jumping ravines so every time i come on i kind of just cross each one of those and, you know, deal with each one of those with just full on Marine Corps vigor, so to speak. <laughs> so that's how the book came to be. It's really just a, a book that kind of breaks down things that have happened in my life and, and almost allegorically applies them to faith. It's, it, it is a weird book in that it is called The Jesus Purpose. It's about the why. Why Jesus? Why is Jesus this thing we should even investigate? And I don't use a single scripture in the entire book. Not one. Really? Um, and that was really, yeah, that was a really kind of um, heavily seated thing that I was supposed to do when I was writing it. The Holy Spirit just put my on my heart is this book isn't about beating people up with scripture. This book is about letting people know we can have a discussion about Jesus and we don't have to just regurgitate scripture. Obviously, there's scriptural kind of parallels all through it. You can't help that. But in general, there's not one single bit of scripture quoted in the entire book. Wow. Preach the gospel if you must use words. That's right. And if you really must, <laughs> use scripture. <laughs> that's right. I guess so. So, oh. <laughs> so that's, uh, it's been out several yeah. years. And I would tell you my yeah. language, a lot of my perspectives have deepened. I wouldn't say they've changed intensively. But some of the perspectives in there have, have definitely grown more context around them, I would say, even especially things like penal substitution atonement theology. I, I absolutely kind of deal with it, but I deal with it in a way that I didn't know was a little more refined. Same thing with eternal conscious torment, things like that. that I didn't have the terminology, so to speak, yeah. when I was writing that. So I, I actually think, though, from a layman's terms, for people that it, it is a pretty good introduction into that, it's not threatening. It's a very positively focused book. Right. So you call the Facebook group by the same name. You post in it often and you you get good responses from people. and People laugh that I post a lot. And I know I do. I think it's just the way my mind works. My wife, she's sitting on the couch right now in front of me uh, with her dog. And usually I get either get an epiphany 
or I get a, a trigger. It's one of the two. I read something, I hear something, I see something that just triggers like, no, 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 we need to recalibrate that. And it's usually just a stream of consciousness. I pick up my phone and I type it out right there, autocorrect errors and all, or I'm driving or something, or I'm a, you know about to head to bed and just something strikes me and I just feel like I need to convey it. So I just crank them out. So whenever the spirit sends off that little light bulb, I try to, That's it's really my repository. It's my think tank. And I'm just inviting people into my thought process. That's really what it is. Well, it's cool. And it's all good too. And you get great responses and you've caused people <laughs> to think. And have you gotten to know people in your group outside of just on Facebook? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been blessed to meet a lot of people. Um, I say a lot. Some of them have only been online connections, but um, one of the things I feel very open-hearted to is allowing people if they need to answer a question in a private message I haven't really discouraged that. I mean, obviously there's some chaff and some some stuff you don't want to get into out there, but we've had a lot of people that may come offline and say, how did you get here? How did you get there? And so that's been really cool to develop relationships and trust with people that I don't know face-to-face yet. Um, I'm excited to do that. And I've actually had the, the, the ability to, to meet some of those people. Um, I'm trying to think of just off the top of my head, but you know, I've, I met Derek Day and Kyle Butler. I had dinner with up in New York. And Brian Zahn was in town here. Obviously, I've gotten to know Steve McVeigh actually quite well. Um, Craig Snyder, uh, so many people that are leaders and then and just normal people. We host a little small community in our home that meets every other week or so of just people that are, are nearby here who are kind of yeah. going through what we're going through. And we, we have a Wonderful. conversation. It's not Wonderful. pressure. It's, it's just really relaxed. It's all about community. And that's why we call it the Jesus Purpose Community. It is a Facebook group, but I, I want it to feel like a community of people. Yeah. Gosh, that's wonderful. As you and I talked a little bit off air before we started, because of the internet, being able to Google things, we're we're able to find out that we're not the only ones in the world. Uh, You know, you mentioned that, uh, uh, you know, other than the shack, you didn't have much experience with it. I was the same way. I, I got a book in the mail at our church office one day in a brown paper envelope with no return address. It just was addressed to the church. And the book in it uh, was called The Rest of the Gospel. This was 10, 11 years ago. And it's a great book. I immediately, I devoured it. I taught it through our leadership group on Sunday night. And then I started teaching through it chapter by chapter on Sunday morning. And there's a chapter in it about grace. I'd been a pastor for 20 years, had no concept of grace All I could tell you was it's God's riches at Christ's expense, which is not a good uh, thing anyway. I mean, it's not not accurate at all. I had no idea. And then I got Steve McVeigh's first book and connected with him a little bit. But at the time, I'm so naive. At at the time, I thought, well, it's me and Steve. I don't think there's anybody else in the the world. (laughs) But obviously there was. And now we know people. We've got books. We've got writings of the early church fathers. And and we know we're not the only ones out there. And that, that just makes it easier and it makes it more fun. It does. Absolutely. And and I think that's been such a helpful thing. It's it's I don't want to call it a little bit of a double-edged sword, but I'm so grateful for the people we have become community with because about three years ago we left the church. We were heavily invested in for a long, long time. And there was a period of time and there's some grief that we've dealt with the loss or the redaction of relationship that we had very closely with so many people. And it, it is a good church, uh, you know, from an institutional church thing, it's still a very good place and it has very, very amazing people that are there, but we just knew it was time to move out of that phase of our life. Sure. And uh, if we didn't have this more extended, expansive community, yeah, 
I don't know that that we could have managed that the way that has been as as blessed as it has been and as kind of as gentle as it has been to some degree. Yeah. It's it's really hard, as you know, because you have been invested in it. It's your friends. It's your community. Yep. It can be especially hard for the spouse and for kids and all of that. Our situation, we I was a pastor for a couple of years, and then we started a non-denominational church. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good, nice little church, 250 people. And we had a medical clinic, and but some neat things happened, really good people. Then I started getting mm-hmm. the grace message. And I preached it down from a hundred or two fifty to a hundred and fifty in a couple of years, and then then I started then I started grasping in inclusion and unconditional love for everybody, and that we were all included before yeah. the beginning of creation. And oh man, they were they were going out the door faster than I could, yeah. uh, you know. And uh, they're yeah, my wife and I we uh, yeah we led the college ministry at our church for three years. And uh, a little bit of the same thing, a little bit of the same thing. The bolder I got, the less people we got, but it was really interesting. And maybe you experienced the same thing. The people that were coming and the people that were connecting with it were the kids that honestly were the kids that weren't the ones the church were. Uh, I'm trying to think how to say this, but just they weren't the ones that I don't think the church expected to be there. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the ones that are in the youth group and group through the youth group and all those kind, those were the ones that left. They knew they had their act together, but the ones that didn't know they had their act together, the ones that were on the fringes, they were the ones that kept coming. And those were the ones we fell in love with, but it went from, you know, 30 to, to four <laughs> to six. Yeah. And it was those six though, that really, really needed to know they were loved. And that, that was, I wouldn't trade that for the world, but you know, it served us time. And, and then we were, we were no longer in that role um, because we didn't grow it. We actually shrunk it. So I get what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> There's not much market for people who teach classes in church shrink <laughs> instead of church growth. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You don't have to be here for God to love you. What? Yeah, we, yeah. we have a, a wonderful group here. There, you know, there are about twenty-five of us now who've been through a lot together, and uh, you know, we're very close and very like-minded. And it's uh, one of the cool things that Bill that we started doing. I don't know, a couple three years ago, instead of uh, teaching forty-minute messages, I started uh, breaking down what I was what I'm going to speak on into about five-minute segments. And I mean, it it mm-hmm. it, it could go uh, for forty minutes, but I just in intentionally stop, make bill places and say, okay, what do you think about that? This on Sunday morning. What Mm -hmm. do you think about what's the Lord saying to you? Sometimes we don't get past one of those five minute or six minute segments. The discussion is is so good. And we've got the uh, relationship now that people don't hesitate to say to me, I don't know about that, Paul. You know, I will listen, which I, man, I would not have done mm-hmm. before. I, I wouldn't have allowed for questions before. It's so it. wonderful. It's so refreshing. And uh, sometimes I'll, it, it'll hit me right at the moment. Wow, you're right. And sometimes I'll find myself in my, I call myself a facilitator now rather than a pastor or teacher. But sometimes I'll find myself saying things without even thinking about yeah. them that are sort of religious phrases that I grew up with in the church and that kind of stuff. And they'll, yeah. they'll call me on that and they'll say, are you sure about that? And I'll go, well, no, that's not right. Why would I, why would I even say that? You know, and it's fun to be able to be in that situation. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it in the last section. I think that's where I do bring a little bit of uniqueness into this world. And I actually love being able to engage with a crowd. And I think I'm a fairly uh, dynamic speaker. And I don't speak very often. I'm, I'm just not in a place of, of any of this where, where that's something that happens regularly. I'd be honored to do it if I'm, I'm ever asked, but it just doesn't happen very often. But I say that it's I laugh. I, we talked about it in the earlier session. I'm, I'm half roadie and I'm half United States Marine. And so I'm the guy that's always been in the sound booth. You know, if you're the sound man of a church, you're kind of the the, the redheaded stepchild in yeah. the back of the room, right? If, if there's a big blast of feedback, everybody turns around and looks at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, if everything goes really well, you're invisible. If everything goes really badly, yeah. you're the center of attention. And I say all that. I've heard thousands of sermons, and I was always just the guy in the back of the room. And as a roadie, you, you learn to cuss really <laughs> well. And as, as a United States Marine, yeah. you, you know to cuss even better. And so I don't bring a lot of that. I, I've just never had that Christianese as part of my language but I've been immersed in it my entire life. And so it's, it's funny you say that I'm kind of a little bit of a rebel slash reject slash whatever you want to call it that everybody likes and enjoys having around, but they're not sure we want him on stage because he may say something we're all uncomfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and thus is the Jesus purpose community. <laughs> yeah. Last uh, Sunday at our church, we had a couple of uh, people who, who moved away some years ago, and they, they were back for a funeral, and they came. And afterwards, the guy said to me, man, I, I'm so glad to to find out that I can, and he used the F word, I can F up <laughs> so much, and Jesus still loves me. You know, and he's saying that to that's me right. right after church with people gathered around, and they're all going, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> and I've just, you know, a little part of me goes back to 10 years yeah, ago yeah. thinking, yeah, this yeah, this wouldn't have happened. Then. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, you know, I think there's a time and place for those things, and, and I don't take them seriously anymore and, and try to honor people where they're at. Um, but at the same token, you know, <laughs> It's so liberating to know that we are unconditionally loved. Yeah. And uh, once we learn that, and it's just, it's the truth, that's just how it works. And and when we can start loving people that way, as Don likes to say, Keith Liam, we're actually going to have him in town in the next couple of weeks. You know, it becomes effortless. It's just an effortless response. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's that, what believing is. That's it. Every quarter-ish, we've done it three times now, and we'll see how, how it continues. It's just one of our little things my wife and I have done where we've hosted little mini conferences on a weekend, usually three sessions on a Saturday and Sunday. We've, we've been, we had Keith Giles, Andre Rabe, and, and now Don all in town just to, just to kind of give other people regionally in the southeast yeah. here and around Atlanta. Atlanta is such an easy place to get in and out yeah. of, uh, to come together and, and get to hear another voice in this conversation that they may not have been exposed to yet. Well, those are all wonderful guys and just about as divergent uh, personalities as, <laughs> as you can. And I, I love them all. Yeah. And I wish I could come to Atlanta. That's the 29th of uh, February, of February yep. right? 29th and March 1st. So yeah, yeah Saturday, Sunday, we're doing uh, yeah. two afternoon on Saturday yeah. and one in the morning on Sunday. Yep. I know it'll go well. And we'll post and, those uh, to YouTube. Gosh. Um, so the Jesus Purpose <laughs> on YouTube, I didn't mention that last time. I don't yeah. have a lot of things there, but we have had conversations with, on, on the Jesus Purpose uh, YouTube channel in your life too <laughs> so <laughs> 
All right. Well, Bill, thank you so much for taking this time. And thank you to your wife and your dog for sharing the time with me. I hope I didn't bore them to death sitting on the couch with you. And uh, hopefully we can get together <laughs> with you two and my wife and our cats sometime. No, that's and, great. Uh, and we can all... Spend any- hey, if you're ever in Atlanta, like, yeah, oh, you have a place to stay. Just come on by. We'd love to host you. Thank you so much. Bill Thrasher, finish up again just by mentioning uh, the name of your book and where people can get it and where they can connect with you online. Yep. So uh, it's available in all e-formats or in paperback on Amazon.com, or you can go to thejesuspurpose.com. The book is called The Jesus Purpose, uh, Born to Die, Created to Live by William Thrasher. Find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just look for The Jesus Purpose. And on, on Facebook, we have The Jesus Purpose Community. It's a, it's a safe group. It's a private space where you can be yourself. I write a lot of little quippy things there, sometimes long, sometimes short, just whatever kind of stream of consciousness comes out. And I, I don't hold back many punches, I would guess. Uh, so, But we have a good time there. And I, I think it's, pretty, uh, it's a pretty loving community with a, a ton of amazing people in it. So uh, we'd love to have you there. Well, there are, and I enjoy it, and I really enjoy your writings, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I hope we can do it again sometime. Anytime, Paul. Appreciate your time as well. Thanks, Bill. It's a pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for watching another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.